0: Well, let's go. Happy Monday, people. Welcome to another app. So we've got another client chat for you today. And it's another one of the amazing women who did the last round of group coaching. So Bella, she finished the last round in late December. So she's been about three weeks doing her own thing. And it's, it's just been amazing to catch up with her and see how she's continuously still like Putting in the work and improving and challenging her food rules and releasing control and just getting to enjoy life like properly again. So, before we jump in, just a little background to kind of give you a bit of a trailer for the episode. She is a university student, Glasgow, she's 22, and she has been in this food and body struggle for a good decade, she's been through it. I'm talking like bulimia, anorexia, binge eating, hospital, hospitalizations, she gets it, like she really does. And you'll see that she just speaks so eloquently around this whole topic. She talks about how she missed out so much over those like such important years, 12 to 22. And it wasn't until she finally like really felt ready and like really wanted to recover that things began to truly shift so she's continuously working on letting go of control and it's something that she really dove into in the course and you'll hear her talk about how that was probably one of the hardest parts for her the whole food habituation thing giving yourself full permission she also talks about the biggest learnings what helped her most and just realizing how happy and joyful life gets to be right now. So I think you guys are gonna absolutely love this episode. Before we jump in, just a reminder that it's now a week away till group coaching kicks off next round. So if you're thinking about it, listen to this episode, get another viewpoint of what it's like. Look back at the last few episodes. Lauren and Jenna also tell their experience with the course. Overall, I think it'll give you a really good idea of what it's all about. And it's not just me saying it, but it's people who've been through it, got through the other side. So group coaching, Jan 18th. If you really wanna sign up, grab your spot. The link is in the show notes. Or as always, feel free to message me on Instagram and we can just chat away and let me know any hesitations, any questions. But mainly let's get you on board before it's too late. If you know this really feels like thing that you need this year to get you to the place that Bella is in right now basically in her life. So I'm just gonna hop right in so you can hear straight from the source what life really is like now, how the group coaching was. So let's do this. Welcome Bella in three, two, one. Welcome Bella to the show. We're so excited to have you. So you're the third person from the last group coaching round but. We're having on board on the podcast to share your story. I think it's so cool just to get like the diverse stories and journeys and what helps those individual people because yeah it's different for everyone but there aren't commonalities and everyone can kind of like find something in your story that makes them feel like, oh I'm not alone. Like I do the same thing or I did the same thing as her. Yeah definitely. Well thank you for having me and um I hope that I'll be able to share some interesting stuff that
1: relate
0: yeah. to. I'm sure you will. So, how about we hop in and just give us like a brief intro of who you are? For sure. Um. So I'm Bella.
2: Um. I'm currently studying in Glasgow at University. Um. I'm doing marine biology, but I've realised that I think actually I want to do nutrition and sort of dietetic stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm headed. But yeah, I enjoy listening to lots of podcasts at the minute. That's that's what my social life has become. <laughs> Um, finding lockdown quite hard but yeah I think that's
0: that's me. Cool, cool. marine biology I didn't know that that's that's like what I dreamt of doing as a kid I was like I want to be a marine biologist. I think I did exactly the same I was like
2: oh I want to go and dive with dolphins. Yes. It turns out that that's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was a childhood dream maybe not the most um sensible of adult decisions but it's been really interesting I'm glad I did it
0: that's cool yeah no I was exact same I was like I just want to swim with dolphins and like learn about them I even as a kid uh adopted a dolphin kind of thing in Scotland in like I think the Bay of Firth or something I can't remember oh, what it's called oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> and they would send me like videos on my dolphin I'm like this is probably it's probably like some like stock video of a dolphin that they just send everyone know, the same one <laughs> they send to everybody this is yeah.
2: your own personal dolphin. <laughs> that's a good thing to do
0: yeah (laughs) cool okay so we know a little bit about you but I always like to do a bit of a quick fire session just very random fun questions. so let's hop in first question favorite holiday of all time favorite holiday
2: wow okay um so when I was 16 I went on holiday with my best friend at the time but still my best friend Um, and we went to Turkey Um. To a small village called Fetier and it was incredible. It was so beautiful, the people were amazingly friendly and the food was out of this world. Things called Boslem, which are like these pancakes but they're massive and they're filled with all these like delicious potatoes and spinach and cheese and stuff. And I remember we would just eat that for every meal
0: for the whole time that we were
2: there. And Sounds I would, so I would cool. go
0: back in a heartbeat, it was amazing.
2: Amazing,
0: yeah I've seen photos of um a Turkish friend who goes to the seaside there and it looks amazing
2: yeah it's gorgeous and I think people are a bit wary of going because obviously there's like a lot of political turmoil mm-hmm. um but it was gorgeous and like the, ty- the village we were in the people were so friendly and so welcoming
0: it was it was incredible so cool next question very simple sweet or savory savory wow <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> I'm such a sweet tooth so I'm always like in disbelief that anyone could not be a sweet tooth
2: oh no I am a salt fiend I like honestly if I don't stop myself I'll just sit and eat sea salt out of a pack it's that <laughs> I know it's bad for me
0: <laughs> that's so funny next question favorite way to move or like exercise
2: so uh, I feel like for me depending on where I am in my cycle it affects so much so At a certain point in the month, all that I can do and all that feels good for me to do is yoga, which I love doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at other times, I really love doing sort of like resistance training. So I have like resistance bands Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel really powerful and really like strong and I love
0: it. It's really good. So cool. I love that because I just uh, heard a podcast all about that, like the way you should move differently at different parts of your cycle. Mm -hmm. I need to look into it still properly. Mm
2: -hmm definitely like I've been reading so much about it I got quite obsessed by it not not in an unhealthy way it's just so fascinating Um, but like you do have different energy levels and different types of energy levels as well so it makes sense to to maximize those energy levels by changing how you exercise
0: did you read the book period yeah (laughs) I thought it's on my like bedside table and I haven't got to it yet
2: oh get there
0: prioritize it on the list yes yes yes. (laughs) definitely um favorite way to unwind oh um okay so
2: if i'm on my own i like to stick on something netflix in the background that doesn't require a lot of concentration something that's just background noise Mm
1: -hmm. to,
2: to comfort um but then i like kind of drawing or knitting or doing something with my hands at the same time light a scented candle vanilla is just the best scent um some tea get Cozy, have a blanket that's probably my, my solo way of unwinding with friends, which unfortunately I've not been with for a while because of COVID. And um, I do love to have a beer and listen to Apple and dance in the kitchen.
0: Sounds good, I love the the solo routine, it's so wholesome and like cozy.
2: Yeah, and I but I don't even do it in I felt like there's a lot about sort of like oh, you should you should draw, you should knit, it's very mindful. I mm-hmm. and that's not why I do those things, I just really
0: enjoyed doing it. awesome last question last meal on earth <laughs> this I, think, is
2: tough. I, I think about this question every day for life. <laughs> like i've been listening to this podcast called off menu with james acaster and ed campbell and um it, that is the premise of the podcast is they interview people and they ask them what their last meal would be well, I think about this a lot and I'm sorry I can't I can't answer. I yet <laughs> be decided. I can't do it.
0: <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, I've never been asked that question and I don't think I could. It's just different day, different like craving or I don't know. It's so yeah. difficult.
2: And like sometimes I think I've got it. I'm like, right, this is the one. And then I'll remember some other meal. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can't betray that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So true. Okay, quick fire done. Now let's get into the, the good stuff. So let's go back and look at your food and body journey. Let's hear what it's like, how it started, how it probably like with most people snowballs and where you were at when you decided, okay, I'm going to join this course, like that whole journey.
2: So I would say as a very young child, I was in a very blissful state of not knowing that body image was a thing, just not really paying any attention to the way I looked. You know, I had my favorite pink sparkly tutu that I wanted to wear to parties, but that was as far as my personal appearance worries went. Um, And I'd say that kind of blissful state lasted until I was maybe eight or nine, at which point, you know, girls at school started to think about makeup and wearing Mm -hmm. bras. And um it, you know, that gradually became something that I was aware of, but it wasn't really an issue until I was 10, um, mm-hmm. at which point I remember starting to feel very, very uncomfortable in my own body. Um, obviously, probably coinciding with the start of puberty and, you know, your body changes. And I think that's mm-hmm. a common thing that oh, like 90% of my friends have all gone through those feelings, whether or not they became really serious or whether they just stayed kind of in the background um so from the ages of like 10 to 12 um it was something Mm -hmm. I felt uncomfortable with but didn't do anything about Mm -hmm. um and then 12 which in in Scotland is when you start high school Um, and that's when it really started to to detriment my life and impact on like my life um and so I struggled with binge eating and bulimia to begin with um and that turned into an over over-exercising and anorexia, and I can't really, you know, my memories of that time—it was quite a long time ago. I'm like 22, so that was like 10 mm. years ago. Are quite foggy. I, I just remember a lot of unhappiness, a lot of being great right. um, a lot of fear. I, I, wasn't really living at all, and quite a lot of funny teenage stories that people talk about now, I didn't experience because right. I didn't, I didn't, feel, you know, I wasn't fully living. I was getting by. I was surviving, but. Um, mm-hmm it's it's all a bit all a bit vague it was it wasn't a great time and I was then admitted to hospital and my weight was quite dangerously low Mm -hmm. Um, and I had four hospital admissions over a period of five years Mm -hmm. and none of which really dealt with the root of the problem so every time I would sort of like seesaw put put weight back on go out lose it all again because I still hadn't, hadn't had the therapy to help deal with the root of the problem um so yeah, the my whole teenage years I was struggling um with anorexia. I then towards like the, you know, around eighteen, nineteen, um that's when a switch kind of flipped and I realized I wanted to recover. So up until that point I sort of have been in denial, mm-hmm. not really wanting to get better, you know, it was it was a safety mechanism, it was you know, it fulfilled some purpose in my life and I wasn't ready to give it up. Um but I think age eighteen when I saw all my friends flourishing and doing these amazing exciting things and going off to university I was like right this is not going to be the rest of my life Like, I need to get out of this um, and so I started recovering I'd say at that point and I, I did to some extent get better I was at a healthy weight I was able to do things I was able to to function and see my friends and enjoy enjoy life and um, but I was then at Quite a rigid state in my relationship with food, so it was still very much governed by really strict rules. Um, I still felt uncomfortable in my body. I was able to sort of push it away and pretend I wasn't, but I, I you know, I still felt very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um And it meant that, you know, the the spontaneous, flexible parts of life I wasn't able to do. So everything yeah. had to be pre-planned. Everything had to be, you know, every meal had to be counted. Every everything had to be the same every day and um, mm-hmm. very sort of like rigid point of view which you know it means you miss out on a lot of fun um yeah it's it's not really fully living from the outside it might seem like you're fine but it's not it's a, it's just a bit sad because you're, mm-hmm. you're missing out on some of the things that make life so wonderful um and so i feel like at the beginning of last year so well actually now two years ago 2019 um I started to finally get rid of some of those rules and let let go of the control a little bit. I think other bits of my life fell into place slightly. I started to feel more sure of who I was and started to develop a bit of a sense of identity. So I didn't need the food rules there so much. Um, But because I'd had so many years of completely turning off my internal body cues, um, I just had no idea how to eat normally. I had no idea how to listen to my body. My hunger cues just were non-existent. They, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I didn't know what hunger felt like. I I, I didn't know what any of these feelings were because I was so used to just ignoring them. Um, so that's when kind of binge eating and not having, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to say not having a healthy relationship or a normal relationship with food because I don't think that there is any such thing as a normal, a mm-hmm. normal, way of eating um but it, you know I just didn't feel good I didn't know how to eat in a way that felt good for me um, and I think that led me to the point at which I wanted to start you know looking for some way to to develop a more intuitive way of eating for me and that's when I found your mm-hmm. course and
0: was immediately like this is the one <laughs> <laughs> love that thanks for sharing that whole story very interesting I made so many notes I was like oh I need to talk about this I need to talk about that (laughs) um a few things that stood out oh my god like the part where it was like you're not really living like you were getting by but you weren't living and you were missing out on all those opportunities and experiences and memories totally brought me back as well to my days when all through uni I hardly partied at all yeah at all (laughs) (laughs) it was terrifying like alcohol was just like oh my god it's empty calories and I'm just gonna like binge after and so I just didn't do it I missed out on so much I know it's
2: I mean I hate to reduce it to something so simple as like oh I missed out on lots of parties but I feel so hard done by this was gonna be the year that I was gonna make up for all the partying I missed out. oh yeah right here and pups and clubs are shot it's a (laughs) tragedy
0: yeah it, it is crazy like just miss out on so much I put pause press pause on dating as well because I was like no 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 I need to wait till I've sorted this out and I've sorted my body out and then I'll start dating a
2: hundred percent I did exactly the same thing like this is the first year of my life I'm 22 this mm-hmm. is the first year that I've had any interest in dating and like I've ever dated anybody just because yeah. I, I was just shutting shutting off all mm-hmm. it? and it's not it's not like I knew I was missing out because at the time the idea of going out and staying around night like, and partying and drinking loads and getting a takeaway on the way home that didn't seem like fun to me that's yeah. really stressful and unplanned and and so many uncontrollable variables that 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 I didn't know I was missing out on fun I was perfectly happy doing mm-hmm. it then and now I'm like what what
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is crazy but so true that you said um you've got to be ready like you've just got to be so done with it and ready to make the change you have to want it because it is a hard journey Mm -hmm.
2: so you you have to want to to get better
0: definitely okay so you found me on instagram and you signed up so share with us a little bit what the program was like
2: i think so i had no idea what to expect Mm -hmm. um i think i signed up on a whim in like you know the middle of the night and was like yeah I'm gonna do it. and then before before the first session I remember feeling a bit nervous and I was like oh I don't know what this is gonna be like maybe this is a mistake and the first session I still remember the feeling afterwards I was I was like on top of the world I was ecstatic I came through to the kitchen I was like said to my flatmates I was like oh my god I just did the first session in, in like group course that I told you about and I it's incredible like there's so many amazing like wonderful women out there and they were just saying the same things that I've been feeling like it's I didn't know that other people felt exactly the same way mm-hmm. um and they're all people who I would have assumed from the outside from with a social media image or whatever that they were you know beautiful and confident and had loads going for them and wouldn't worry about this stuff at all mm-hmm. and just to, just to feel that kind of comradeship in it was was really special actually. That was, you know, it was that first time was amazing. That's so cool. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> it was so I remember like I was just like jumping about, like this is mad. I I, I didn't know I could find people who felt the same way.
0: Also so interesting that just as just like you, I would have thought if I'd seen all of your faces on the screen, I would never have known as well that you guys were struggling with it. And like since I've started working with people on this, especially at the start because I myself had never had a group of people. So I hadn't really interacted with that many people who dealt with that until I started actually helping people. Mm-hmm. So like, I was always in shock too. I was like, oh my God, you would never have known. Like this woman is does this for a job and I would never have thought it or she looks like this or it's just, you never know. And, and it just has shown me, it's almost told me way more people than I even think probably struggle with it just because you just can't tell definitely I think actually it's I think
2: nobody really knows how many people are struggling with this but I think it must be a very scary percentage of people yes because I agree All so good at putting putting on a front putting on a face makeup putting on an act and pretending that everything's okay that nobody mm-hmm. actually knows how anybody really feels and I, I think yeah. so many people are ruled to some extent by yeah um, yeah
0: yeah which is just quite sad <laughs> yeah it is yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's just, yeah, it's just made me see like, it's probably the tip of the iceberg, the statistics that you see as well. Like there's many million people in America have it, but it's probably so much more. Definitely, yeah. Before we go on, I'm gonna jump in and share some juicy details on the upcoming Unleashed January 2021 group coaching program that I'm so excited about, I can't wait. So if 2021 is the year that you want to stop binge eating, stop hating your body, stop feeling so out of control and guilty with food, if 2021 is the year that you wanna live free, free of all that energy and mental space to unleash your inner queen, then this group program is made for you. So what's included? It's a 15 week program. There is a video lesson and an audio meditation each week for you to go through. There are little mini integration tasks. So we're really actioning change and we're not just talking about it or watching a video lesson and then moving on. So we're actioning change. We'll have a one hour group call each week on Zoom So super safe space where we just get to share and go a bit deeper into that weekly content. You'll have unlimited access to the DMs with me. So support all the way through as much as you need. Plus on top of that, you'll have four 30 minute one-to-one sessions with me, just so we get to dive deeper into your specific story. And on top of that, we'll have our group Instagram chat just for that camaraderie, that support all the way through. So it's literally everything you could possibly dream of ever need to get those results that you desire and deserve. So if that sounds like the perfect fit for you, click the link in the show notes to get prices, more details, and of course, to grab your spot. So Jan 18, 2021, Unleashed Group Coaching. Are you in? Let's do this. So... The group course started off really amazing tell us then which were what part of the journey was most difficult
2: I think for me still I know I said that I'd managed to let go of control and everything but I still hadn't fully let go of control so I think letting go of that final that final bit of control was the hardest bit to let go of Mm -hmm. and you know there was still a little bit that I was grabbing onto and which I had to let go of in order to to do the the challenging things like
1: Mm -hmm.
2: eating fear foods whenever I wanted them not just on a binge or um you know allowing myself anything at any time that was that was the ultimate leg goal of control which was very difficult to do and I put off doing for several several weeks Mm -hmm. and because it's it's scary and you know fear is such a an individual thing so obviously what's scary to one person isn't going to be scary to somebody else but it doesn't devalidate the feeling of fear is Mm -hmm. you know it's it's probably one of the most powerful feelings that we have so it's it's very difficult to overcome yeah um and i think also this year there's been so much uncertainty what with coronavirus and not knowing what's going to happen Mm -hmm. and that it's quite easy to then cling on to the things that we do have control over um so I think you know letting food remain an uncertainty unplanned thing and um and being intuitive about it and being being free around it was interesting especially this year and um, when I think a lot of people grabbed onto diets and exercise routines as a coping mechanism yes. didn't struggle um so I find that really interesting but yeah like let, letting go of the the control and then um, trying not to not to plan things that was probably the hardest part for me
0: yeah I can imagine um the whole like exposing yourself with full permission food habituation all that stuff is usually the scariest part that I see anyone deal with through the whole process it is it's freaky
2: (laughs) I think it was quite funny up until that point I was still very I was like so positive about it I was like oh we're doing all this like theory stuff and you know thinking about the inner child or my higher self and it's amazing like I just yeah. I just write all these things down on a piece of paper and I feel really good about myself and then it got to like week five or week six or whenever whenever the habituation thing came in and I was like oh shit I'm gonna actually have to do something this is horrible
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny I like save it for a few weeks I'm like let's like warm them up get them feeling good and like <laughs> strong in themselves and then like boom food <laughs> <laughs> it worked it worked <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was the hardest part what was the best part
2: um, I think the best part for me as I said was finding other other people so I I, I didn't feel like you know a freak who was a bit different to everyone else I didn't yeah. feel alone in it. I didn't feel ashamed because I could see so many other people who I would consider normal wonderful mm-hmm. people um going through it. so I think that was really important for me actually to not to not feel ashamed of it um and to sort of yeah to to own it in a way and I think the most valuable lesson I learned from it actually um was not not to slip up because it's impossible not to make mistakes but to see the slip ups as an achievement in themselves because they're then something that you can learn from so
1: mm-hmm.
2: to kind of neutralize neutralize everything so you yeah. no, like, when i binged that wasn't necessarily a bad thing that was mm-hmm. a thing it was just a neutral thing and yeah. then i learned from it i was like oh that didn't feel good but it doesn't matter you know like that's, that's fine it's done moving on mm-hmm so I think less of a black and white sort of dramatic ah this is the worst thing in the whole world yes
0: yeah that was yes I love that you brought that up because I literally was DMing someone about that today one of the girls is doing the 30-day reboot and she was like oh I've been doing so well for these first like two weeks and I've slipped up like it's like a slip up right like it's this dramatic emotional thing and I was saying the exact same thing like let's neutralize it it's literally just an opportunity if anything it's kind of like okay now we get to try out all these things that we've been learning on this course and actually put into practice and then see the effects of it and then we get to move on.
2: Yeah for sure and I I think one thing I find really helpful in doing that um, because I find it quite difficult to come to to come to grips with the idea of of neutralizing it Mm -hmm. and was thinking about if I'd you know, seen it, seen somebody else doing this in a movie or seen a friend, you know, eating a tub of ice cream at the end of a long day, I, I wouldn't have beat them up about it. I wouldn't have called them horrible things or thought that it was the worst thing in the whole world and it was going to ruin their whole life. I'd have just been like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not the healthiest coping mechanism, but
0: yeah, I think seeing it from a different like, it's not you seeing, imagining someone else do it. Or like, sometimes I like to think of the inner child doing it. Like, imagine that little girl, she's struggling. She just ate a tub of ice cream. Are you going to make her feel guilty and ashamed? Like, no, you just be like, oh, what were you struggling with? And how can we make this better next time? Yeah, I love the inner child stuff. Like, I thought, like, that was amazing. really Yes. Oh, I love that you love it. It's, it's always my favorite part. I think it's so interesting. And like very emotional definitely definitely
2: um I I cried when I did the inner child stuff because it's it's so raw and something that you never really normally think about like your past self yeah. isn't somebody that you usually connect with at all yes um, and it's it's impossible not to be compassionate to your, mm-hmm. your inner child because you know children are so innocent and yeah will protect them um so it is just a very sort of like overpowering feeling of love and compassion Mm -hmm. and um, it was really special really special yeah
0: amazing for me it's quite powerful imagining almost like kneeling down and just giving her this hug or like cradling her in my arms like oh you're okay it's all good (laughs) 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 so cute um okay so we've got the Best part, the hardest part. What does it look like now for you? The course has been over for say about three weeks. What's life like? I it feels strange saying that life is good because there is so much for for most
2: people this has been the hardest year of their life. You know, there's mm-hmm. lockdown and you can't see your loved ones and everything's very uncertain and people want their jobs and it's and people are really sick and it's awful. But <laughs> um ironically, I'm probably the best that I've ever been. Um I feel like in the even just in the last week I've made so many changes you know I have I, I actually I so I, for some reason I'd got into the habit of um eating and always eating an apple after dinner, right mm-hmm. and um and actually last night I was sitting down there and I went to the bridge and I got out this apple and I was like i about to cut it out and I was like actually I don't want this like what am I doing and then and then I, I couldn't I was sort of in disbelief I was like wow I just just noticed something like Mm -hmm. I listened to what my body wanted and then later on I went up and had a snack and like you know I was like okay now I'm hungry for it I'll eat it now what you know it was um just something that I was so unused to doing doing things routinely without without feeling them Mm -hmm. And, and it's it's amazing I think I I felt very more um Sorry, my grammar is completely gone. <laughs> it's been that long since I've had a conversation with another human being. Um, but yeah, I I've, I've felt much more confident in myself. I feel like I've, it's helped me to develop a sense of my adult identity. You know, I, I think when you're living very rigidly and by rules, you know, you're not being autonomous and living life the way you want to live it. So then when you do things more independently and do things for yourself, it's very empowering.
0: Um so yeah, I, I feel great. <laughs> wow, so proud of you. So cool. <laughs> yeah, that Apple thing, sounds like a small thing, but actually a massive thing. Oh, yeah. So like, they're like deeply ingrained for you to just like always do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, an Apple,
2: like that's not going to make any difference, but it was the thought process behind it. It was like the stopping and being like, oh, hold on. What do I feel like doing? What, what is going to make me feel... Good in this moment, I think being able the ability to do that is something I've never had. Well, I've not had since I was, you know, my inner child.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, that's a, that's been a
0: massive a massive change and um, since since the course finished. Actually, awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. I think all of those little rules that we we built up over the years of the food and body issues, they take time to like break down. But it's really cool when you see it all breaking down. Like even for me, one that was quite strong for me was always have to eat dinner at like 6 p.m. So I have time to feel light by the time I go to bed and this kind of like story in my head. (laughs) And now in the past, I'd say like one or two years, I've just become way more flexible with it. I'm like, it's not going to make a difference. Like I'm not going to suddenly gain weight because I ate dinner at 9 p.m. or something. Like food is food, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's amazing actually. I think also, you know,
2: realizing that you don't need to force yourself to feel absolutely starving before you eat your next meal—that's been a mess. It used to be like I could eat just enough, so that I would be starving by the next time it came to eat. And then I realized I actually like that feeling of starving or pain in your stomach isn't something that most people tolerate. You know, like that's not mm-hmm. something that that you should live with or that is enjoyable or is a nice feeling. And it's not an achievement. Um, mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't make you feel good about yourself.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I think that also then links to compassion and being kind to my body and being like I I don't want to put my body through pain you know like and my the feeling of my stomach eating itself because it's so hungry that's not a nice way to Mm -hmm. do and it has taken a bit of trial and error of experimenting with what kind of neural pattern works for me um, and trying out different rough routines and Mm -hmm. do i I work better with three big meals or with lots of small meals or eating early or eating late like i've done a lot of experimenting and trial and error um but i feel like i'm you know gradually day by day learning
0: what feels for me which is Mm
2: -hmm. really really special
0: yeah that's cool it's just like re-exploring who you really are beyond all of the rules that you've had in place for so long yeah definitely and i think what's been incredible actually is um,
2: I've had this kind of rekindled excitement about learning stuff mm-hmm. and, and reading random weird newspaper articles online or watching funny videos or looking at you know thinking on the street and being like oh I wonder what that means and looking it up because I have space in my brain that's not filled by thoughts about food to think about other things um, and I feel like I've become such a better friend because I can actually listen to the things my friends are telling me or I think to message them because I'm not so obsessed by fiddles. Mm-hmm. It just, it's freed up so much space in my brain for other things, which is-
0: so That's awesome. cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's like, goes so much further beyond just the food, just the body kind of stuff. It's like, really changes your life. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So what do you feel like were the top- tools or like things that we you learned during the course that really helps you the most
2: okay um so I think number one would be checking in myself with myself like asking myself how I am just like it's it's instinctive that you when you meet somebody you're like oh how are you but it's not so instinctive to do that to yourself Mm -hmm. um and I think also I'm quite an impatient person but learning that patience is is a value and that if I if i'm unsure of something if i'm unsure of whether it's to do with food if i'm unsure of you know if i feel like eating or um unsure of whether to have more of something or whether it's out with out with food like i don't know what i feel like doing just sometimes taking 5 minutes just leaving it for 5 minutes not making the decision and it will become clear in in a little mm-hmm. while what does feel good um so i think yeah learning that not everything has to be immediate and um being being patient
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, has been really important and um, not being afraid to experiment so trying trying new things and um, and knowing that something might not feel good and um, that's okay because you learned from it that it didn't feel good mm-hmm. So that's still a worthwhile thing to do and um, and then again yeah the third one just not being myself up for slipping up yeah. um, because life isn't perfect you know like life is messy and that is part of the fun of it um and so your relationship with food isn't going to be perfect either um you're not going to be some glowing green goddess who (laughs) has a kiwi smoothie for breakfast every day and has this perfect perfect hollywood lifestyle um (laughs) so not not beating myself up about that and just yeah being less I don't want to say being less dramatic because that makes it sound like I was at fault to begin with, but just being a bit more grounded and and centered, and mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling like I've got both feet planted firmly on the floor rather than being swept off in yeah. either extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's probably my three
0: main. Awesome. Things. Yeah, I think the the simplicity of the checking in with yourself then mm-hmm. is like overlooked. It's something I never did before as well until like the last year or two, but just like, oh, stopping like all this nonstop work that I'm doing and then noticing how am I doing? And what's my breathing like right now? Cause so often I notice that it's so shallow and I'm like, oh, I just need to take a breath. I just need yeah. to
2: stop. Sometimes I realize I've been holding my breath and, yes. then I suddenly, and then I suddenly
0: start breathing and I'm like, what was I doing? I know, I do that when I look on social media a lot
2: actually that's been something i've done is i started deleting instagram for like mm-hmm. most of the day and then i'll instead instead of cuz like setting those limit things that you can do on your phone doesn't work cuz it's just so easy to click i in. know um, But i've started actually deleting the app and then redownloading it for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. looking at my friends pages looking at the pages that i actually learn something from or get mm-hmm. something from and then deleting it again way before i go to bed and that's been really
0: helpful for me um that's really cool oh yeah. I wish I could do that but it's like my business is on Instagram
2: <laughs> well it's really hard when like because also either you, if you're like an influencer or have an online presence that's obviously your job but then even if you're your actual job isn't online so much of promoting yourself or promoting your business is all online so it's, it is just impossible to avoid it um but even just you know five minutes less is gonna make yeah. a difference
0: yeah definitely definitely um, so, kind of switching topic a little bit, you are, I believe, are you like the head of the, the community or the B-E-A-T? Is uh, it head well, well, so I'm the head of the
2: Glasgow University branch of it. So, B is like a UK-wide charity, um, which is designed to raise awareness and funds and provide support with people struggling from eating disorders. Um, So that's anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, but then also RFID, which is not clinically recognized on the NICE guidelines, but Mm -hmm. it's um, avoidant food restrictive behavior. Um, So they provide support to anybody who who asks for it. And they have online support groups and forums, which are really welcoming, safe, confidential spaces for anybody looking for support and also for people who are worried about somebody or caring for somebody. It's an amazing charity. Um, and so I'm, the Glasgow University has a branch of representatives for the charity. So I'm in charge of that group this year, um, which has been a really, a learning curve actually. Um, so yeah, but our, our main purpose is to sort of try and raise awareness, beat some of the stigma around eating disorders, encourage people mm-hmm. to start talking more um, and and not be such a taboo subject because I feel like mm-hmm. for so long it was such a, a taboo thing to talk about. Um, so just opening up discussions um, about food and body mm-hmm. image, um, awesome. is what we're trying to do, yeah. What do you feel like was that a learning curve? What did that involve? I think similarly to realizing how many of the women in the group felt the same way, but just seeing how many people respond to the content that we put yeah. out, how many people relate to food restriction or body image issues or um food myths um Mm -hmm. or over exercising or like all of these themes are just we there's just so much response to them and it's and um kind of healthy and correct information is so needed because People, people are responding to it. People don't want to be governed by this fear of eating and unhealthy relationships with mm-hmm. food. There's just so much bullshit information out there yeah. um, that having people providing the right information and actual help that's going to make people feel good is just so important. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what we should be
0: concentrating on, I think, over the next few years. Awesome. So what would you say to that girl who's skipping parties and has all these food rules and is forcing yourself to have an apple after dinner every day. What would you say to her? So I would want to say a lot. I would probably not be able
2: to stop talking for <laughs> hours, but if I had to narrow it down to some key points, um, I probably want to remind, remind her um, that she's not alone. You know, like, no matter what you're feeling, I can guarantee you, you're not the only person who's feeling this way and um, not to make you feel unspecial. Um, but don't, don't worry that you're some exception or something weird's going on. You know, like it's, it's okay to feel the way that you do. It's not, it's not somewhere where you want to stay, but don't feel ashamed of struggling. Um, being aware that the people that you admire or envy or striving to be rather than being yourself um probably feel equally as inadequate as you do sometimes Mm -hmm. and being like them isn't going to fix your problems you have to you have to concentrate on being the you that you want to be um rather than on becoming somebody else because that's never going to happen and you can't get you know a full person transplant so that's you know it's just not gonna happen um and then also as most people tend to be perfectionists um knowing that it's okay to take baby steps and not take one big leap all in one go um because that's not a sustainable way of doing anything i think also finally um it would be really important to know that life can be really good you know like it's not always going to be good and everybody's going to have bad days and everyone has the blues sometimes but life can be really really fun even when you're an adult you know when it's clear that kids have a lot of fun when they're running about playing and stuff but adults have fun and you know that dancing to Abba in the kitchen is incredible um And like little things like that, it doesn't have to be that you get a promotion or you are super, super, super successful, but little things like that are just so worth feeling happy for. And you need to nourish yourself and um, give yourself permission to be energized and eat in order to experience
0: those things. Beautiful. Love that. And tell us then, because obviously the journey doesn't end when the group coaching ends. What are you focused on in 2021? So... My 2021 New Year's resolution
2: was to not have any resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I'm the kind of person who writes out a list of like 120 <laughs> things that I'm going to improve about myself and then obviously don't manage to do them all and feel bad about it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And for so long I've lived according to rules. But so my resolution this year was to have no rules, which is going well so mm-hmm.
0: far. I think it's quite freeing. Love that. Very just chill no rules go with the flow yes definitely cool and tell us then how can people find you on social media um okay so i have a recovery instagram
2: account mm-hmm. um which is called veggie bella or at veggie bella um my private one is at belly.smsn um and i'm sure i can write these you can link I'll them. Put them in the show notes yeah um which is private but if you follow me and want to send me a message or ask for any advice or I'm also just always happy to talk to people about who are going through this like mm-hmm. I I think talking about stuff is so important so I'm happy to talk anytime um so like never be afraid to send me a message um you can also email me so my email is gmail.com um and I've just recently with a friend um we're launching at zine on body image and people's relationships to their bodies and um, which is on instagram it's underscore refractions um which is going to be coming out soon and it's basically just lots of different creative expressions of what we want to say to our bodies um which i think is quite relevant to to this mm-hmm. yeah like wants to follow that feel free to give that a
0: follow as well yeah i want to check it out is it is the account live and posting going on or like yes. as you prepare for the launch yes it is so we've
2: not posted any of the content yet but we've there's information up there um mm. definitely live happening.
0: yeah awesome well bella thanks for joining me here thanks for taking the time to share the story so much of what you said was so insightful like i love hearing all the different perspectives on this whole food and body journey that's different for everyone um and i'm sure everyone loved hearing from you as well so thank you so much oh well thank you so much for having me as I said always love to have a chat I really enjoyed it thank you (laughs) and that's the scoop for today I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life if you took something from this episode it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life change someone's day change their mood or even their life be that person I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes, it just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at at Breed. I'm always open to feedback so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of, this podcast is for you after all. Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, on one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed, whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.